0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PA the Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and I'm so excited that you are joining me for today's episode, where we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is books. I have a suspicion that many of you are bibliophiles like I am and are looking for some book recommendations in regards to the topics of financial independence, as well as perhaps some books for PAs that have been written by PAs as well. So, on today's episode, I want to talk about 10 of my favorite financial independence books that I've been reading. Keep in mind, I have not read all of the financial independence books out there, as well as three honorable mentions, as well as a few books that have been written by PAs for current and future PAs to read, as well, since this is a financial independence podcast for current and future PAs. So, in May 2022, Coming up here, I will have learned about financial independence three years ago, and since then, I've been absolutely hooked on the concept and have binge-listened to several financial independence podcasts, as well as read several blogs, and have solely been reading several books that integrate several concepts of FI throughout. If you're new around here, FI stands for financial independence. I say that I have leisurely read these books because although I absolutely do love books, I am a pretty slow reader. I have a secret hack for you that I have learned because of how slow of a reader I am. Just because I feel like I like to absorb the information in books and when I read I want to feel relaxed and not in a rush, so to speak, to finish the book. I don't really listen to many audiobooks, although I do enjoy audiobooks, I listen to more podcasts, so reading physical books or e-books is how I absorb books, so to speak. But with my slow, thorough reading, I have unfortunately learned that when you borrow books from the library, there's often a time limit on them. For example, maybe it's two weeks or three weeks. Now, I recognize that there are several of you out there listening that are like, Cat, come on, two to three weeks to read a book, that's not a problem at all. True, I get that. But again, keep in mind, I don't like to feel rushed. Or sometimes when you borrow books from the library and they are electronic and delivered on your Kindle app through your iPad like mine is, often I have been on a wait list for these books. So they are often delivered to me during really busy periods of my life. Where it's like, oh man, I really want to read this book, but at the same time, I feel like this week is super busy. Keep in mind, you can often delay the delivery of the book to your device. But sometimes I'm thinking, oh, well, next week would be great to have this book. And if you do delay the delivery, you are somewhat at the mercy of not knowing still when the book will for sure arrive because you are kind of waiting until others have finished with their copy of the book. If you guys know, you know what I'm talking about. So going back to this little hack that I've learned, if I have a library book that I really want to finish, but I don't want to feel rushed as I finish, I have learned that I can put my iPad into airplane mode. And when it's in airplane mode and has the Wi-Fi off, because it doesn't use any data, I don't have a fancy iPad that uses data from our phone company or anything like that. It tricks the device into thinking that you can still be borrowing the book, Because it hasn't been able to connect to Wi Fi so that it doesn't know that the book hasn't been returned yet. So your expiration date comes and goes. I'm sure that the actual copy actually does get quote unquote returned, but that I still retain the downloaded copy on my iPad to be able to finish leisurely as I enjoy. But I'm sure many of my listeners don't have this problem because I know some of you read so many books in a year, and if you are one of those people, I highly commend you. Or perhaps you enjoy listening to audiobooks. If you do listen to audiobooks, I think that's great as well because you are getting all of the information in the book delivered straight to your brain, and you can still learn so many of the amazing concepts that are in books out there. So I really hope that you find this list of book recommendations that I have for you to be a helpful resource and for you to be able to find some motivating, inspirational, and informative books while you are on your journey to financial independence. So let's start with 10 of my favorite five books that I have been reading over the past few years. Before we dive in, I do want to mention that in the show notes for today's episode, I'm going to include a link for you to be able to check out these books. And if you are interested in purchasing the books, you can purchase them through Amazon, and if you do so, that does help support the show, which I would truly appreciate. Alternatively, as I did previously mention, I'm a huge fan of the library, so certainly feel free to check out these books for free through your library if you can, although as I mentioned, often if it's a really good book, you have to wait several weeks, even a few months, or sometimes even these financial independence books aren't available at your local library, it just depends upon your library. I have heard that you can request books to become available at your library in that if your library doesn't have a particular book, you can say, hey, I would like this book and they might be able to get it for you somehow. I don't know all those logistics, but that's something to think about as well. So the first book I wanted to talk about is called The Simple Path to Wealth. So if you are new to financial independence, This is arguably one of the best, most basic books to start you on your journey to financial independence and to build wealth over time. The author, J.L. Collins, he actually has a blog where he has written out something called the Stock Series. And the Stock Series is a series of several blog posts talking about the stock market and investing and things like that. And he actually wrote this to be advice for his daughter. So the book is actually the condensed version of the stock series information. If you have ever had the chance to listen to Jail Collins speak as a guest on different podcasts, such as the several times that he has appeared as a guest on the Choose F.I. podcast, you may appreciate his calm voice as he speaks words of wisdom. He's very soothing to listen to. He shares his mistakes throughout the book as well as his sage advice from learning from those mistakes. He teaches you that patience will be your best friend because time in the market beats timing the market. And what that means is you want to buy and hold your stocks or your investments and hold them over the course of a long time, allowing them to grow over time. Whereas you don't want to try to time the market, meaning if the market dips, you don't want to panic sell, meaning Oh, shoot. I feel like I'm losing all my money. I need to sell it now. Well, when you do that, you are realizing that loss, meaning you actually literally did lose money. Whereas if you were to just be patient and give it more time, very likely several months to several years, the value will have increased over time. And I just want to say that I'm recording this a few days before this episode is going to air, but currently, The market is somewhat in the toilet. It has unfortunately been declining. So if that makes you nervous or scared to invest, then you seriously need to consider reading The Simple Path to Wealth. It can give you confidence and knowledge to want to be able to invest in the market even if the market's dipping because truthfully, when the market is lower at this time, It's like buying the stock on sale. There is nothing else out there where when the price falls, people get worried. Usually when the price is down, people get really excited. Yay, it's a sale, right? So I highly recommend this book if you haven't read it yet. The second book is called Quit Like a Millionaire. And this is one of my favorite books that I've read because it's written in a way that's entertaining and yet really eye-opening to many of the FI concepts out there, especially once again if you are newer to financial independence. The authors Christy and Bryce are also founders of the blog called Millennial Revolution. And although they co-authored the book, it's primarily written through the view of Christy, who actually started her childhood in extreme poverty while living in China. Together, they have created wealth over time and discuss how important it is to, quote, run the numbers or do the math for different decisions throughout your life. Not just buy things to buy things or be impulsive with your spending or spend with your heart instead of your mind. On a recent episode, we talked about personalities and you know that I'm a little bit more of a thinker than a feeler. So I do tend to overanalyze things instead of just Do what I feel like in the moment, so to speak. So that's why I can feel like I relate to this part. They also share how spending on experiences instead of things or items can often lead to more happiness in life. And I know that that has certainly been true for me. That's one of the reasons why I truly value traveling and vacations because even though I may or may not bring home a souvenir or perhaps like a Perishable souvenir that's eaten like chocolate or coffee or something like that. The memories and the pictures from those trips truly are so valuable to me. They also talk about in this book how the concept of geo arbitrage can be utilized to live lavishly in foreign countries for way cheaper than living in the United States. So we've talked about geo arbitrage before, but if you need a refresher, geo arbitrage is. The idea that you can move to a foreign country, perhaps such as in this scenario, or locally move to a different city that's nearby or even a different county, and doing so can save you so much money or cost over time. So if you didn't feel as though you had to live in the United States for the rest of your life, maybe you consider... Living in a particular country with a lower cost of living, or sometimes people in the financial independence community will do something called slow travel, which means that they live in an area or a country or part of a country for an extended period of time, meaning several months or even a few years, but then they slowly travel or move to another area and dwell there for another period of time. So they are slowly moving throughout the world versus only being in one spot or what we often do on vacations nowadays because we aren't retired is where you go to a place and you feel like you have to travel as quickly as possible and see all the sites because you are in a big giant rush because you don't have unlimited PTO so to speak. So this book is easy to read. It's very practical and it's full of solid recommendations I will say, though, fair warning for those who may care or be sensitive to this is that there are a decent amount of cuss words or swearing pepper throughout the book, so I just want to give you a heads up about that. The third book is called The Psychology of Money, and this is my most recent FI read, but so far it's been one of my favorites. The author, Morgan Housel, has a ton of excellent quotes throughout the book that are absolutely full of wisdom. He talks about how not every single financial decision that you make is completely black and white about what the true right thing to do would be. So here are a few of my favorite concepts that are discussed in the book. Right out of the gate, he talks about how the way that you think of money from your past experiences likely actually only comprises a tiny percentage of what has actually happened in the world in regards to money. So what you know to be true for money based on your life may not be truly what is actually true for money or finances throughout the rest of the world, so to speak. So it's really important to think about that. The book also talks about how you can use money to buy your freedom, to use time to do whatever in the world that you'd like to do, which is the ultimate form of freedom. And this is a key concept that you're likely going to hear me mention in many of these books because ultimately that's what financial independence really is. It also talks about the concept of stealth wealth, which means that one of the quickest ways to lose money is by using your money to buy things to try to show people how much money you have. He also talks about how Trying to follow a reasonable financial plan in life is likely better than being completely rational. Again, you can't always be perfect or completely black and white in your decisions, so choose a reasonable plan that you feel comfortable with, that helps you sleep at night, and that your partner's on board with, and go with that. And then, although you can plan for things in life, you need to also plan for things Not to go according to plan, because unfortunately that often happens. And that's a huge concept for the planner self in me to think about too. That I can plan and plan and plan, but you never truly know what's going to happen in the future. I am highly suspecting that many of you will enjoy this classic book because it is incredibly insightful. The fourth book. Financial Independence book that I would recommend is called Set for Life. And the author, Scott Trench, teaches you how to build wealth on the way to financial independence and also introduces the concept of real estate investing, since he is a huge part of the Bigger Pockets group of experts. So if you aren't familiar with Bigger Pockets, they are absolutely huge in real estate investing. They have several books and podcasts as well. I have only scratched the surface of bigger pockets because we haven't quite dived deeply into real estate investing, but in several of these books, you kind of get a taste for it, so to speak. He teaches you that living frugally can create options for you, and to help you live frugally, you could consider house hacking to cut the cost of your housing expenses. So if you recall, house hacking is where you live in either like a single family house, Or perhaps a multifamily home like a duplex, triplex, quadplex that you own and that you rent out either the rooms or the other units to renters. And then the income with the rent that they pay either pays for perhaps all of your mortgage or at least a huge portion of your mortgage, which could potentially help you live for free or at least very close to free. Additionally, he talks about how you can cut down on your commute, which can help with the costs of transportation, as well as save you, once again, valuable time in your life. So housing and transportation are two out of the three big budget items. Third is food. So if you're really able to focus on decreasing the costs in those three items, you likely don't have to worry about smaller, more trivial costs, such as the latte that absolutely makes your day that only costs five to seven bucks. The fifth book that I would recommend is the Choose FI book. And two of the authors of this book also co host the Choose FI podcast, which is one of my absolute favorite financial independence podcasts. And it's how I was introduced to financial independence by learning about travel hacking as well. So this book demonstrates how spending less. Earning more and investing the difference really can help you reach financial independence sooner. The sixth financial independence book that I would suggest for you to read is called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And the author Ramit Sethi talks about trying to figure out what your rich life looks like for you and spend money accordingly. So it's important to spend intentionally on the things that you absolutely value in life. So that you enjoy your life and not feel deprived while you're trying to save and invest for the future. So this concept, again, going back to that latte, if the latte brings you absolute joy, makes your day better, maybe it is in your budget where you go ahead and spend the money because it's probably not going to move the needle a lot. Versus if you were to buy a million dollar house that is way out of your price point, you probably should cut back on that housing expense. He also discusses quite a bit about automating your process for saving and investing for the future. And when you automate, that helps take the thinking out of each decision. And doing so very likely will help you succeed. You can go back and take a listen to episode 23 of the PA of the FIY podcast which is called How to Automate Your Finances to Set You Up for Success if You Are Interested. The seventh book that I would recommend is called Atomic Habits. And granted, this is not a pure or true financial independence book, so to speak, but the FI community really likes this book because it talks about how habits can help you succeed in life, which as I'm sure you Recognized by now, being diligent with your finances and investing really take a lot of habit forming. So, the author James Clear does an absolutely brilliant job detailing how small, tiny changes can actually help you build good habits over time. And those habits compound and lead to extraordinary results, hence the name atomic habits. So, he talks about how making habits obvious, attractive, easy for you to do and satisfying also increases the chance that you will likely do those habits and eventually those habits will form with time. The eighth financial independence book that I would suggest is The Millionaire Next Door. And the gist of this book is that many millionaires do not actually, quote, look like the version of a millionaire that's in your mind. And that's likely because. When you're thinking of a millionaire, so when you close your eyes, you think of a millionaire, you're thinking, what makes them a millionaire? How might they look? Where do they live? What do they dress like? What types of accessories do they have? What do they drive? You are likely thinking of someone who has actually spent at least a million dollars or a million dollars on flashy, fun, fantastic things. However, an actual millionaire has retained a million dollars, not spent the million dollars. So, most millionaires actually do not appear flashy as they have prevented lifestyle creep, meaning that the more and more and more that they earn, they don't spend more and more and more money. They truly are stealth wealth, meaning that they often have wealth, but you aren't necessarily quite aware of it because it's not very flashy or in your face. Now, granted, Many millionaires or wealthy people eventually do spend money on luxurious things or fancy vacations or fancy cars or things like that, but at least at the beginning, well, they are building their wealth. They are not throwing their money away on those things. And granted, I've talked before too about how it really is important to enjoy the journey so that you aren't depriving yourself and again, spending intentionally on those things that you would like. The ninth book that I would suggest for you to read when you are getting into financial independence is called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And although the author, Robert Kiyosaki, has been perceived as somewhat a bit controversial, you can research or read about some of that if you'd like, this book can really change how you view the world in regards to assets and liabilities. He also discusses how assets like real estates, stocks that you own, businesses that you own can be used to generate cash flow or buy more assets to build wealth over time. So again, this may not be technically a true FI book, but the concepts in here really can help you in your FI journey. Additionally, it's another really good eye-opening book and makes you think about the world differently. The 10th book that I would suggest for you is once again, not traditionally a five book, but the concepts in here are very good ones to consider. And you may or may not want to apply them to your life. But once again, they'll make you think differently about the world. And this book is called The Four Hour Work Week. And the author, Tim Ferriss, is also very well known for his popular podcast called The Tim Ferriss Show. Very creative, right? So he teaches you some concepts about starting your own business. He also talks about lifestyle design, which is the concept that you, as well as your spouse or significant other, really need to visualize what your ideal life is in order to be able to take the steps to actually get there. Otherwise, you are just wandering and coasting along in life and just taking it day by day, maybe doing what everyone else wants you to do with your life in that you are an employee and, you know, you're taking care of what your boss wants or what your clinic or hospital wants as a PA. And you just kind of feel like you're a cog in this machine that can often feel somewhat replaceable. So that's why you need to really consider what you want out of your life. And once you visualize that and think big and dream big, then you're able to set the goals to actually make it happen. He also discusses that time and freedom are the true riches in life. Once again, time and freedom, two very popular topics in financial independence. And he encourages you to consider creating a business where you could potentially work remotely if you choose to do so. And that could be because maybe perhaps you want to be able to work if you are traveling, maybe you're slow traveling, or maybe you have utilized geo-arbitrage and have moved away from where you had once considered home. So those were 10 of my favorite books that I have read over the past few years that I would say are under the umbrella of financial independence, or at least touch on several of the concepts of financial independence. So if you haven't read them yet, go ahead and check out the link in the show notes if you are interested in purchasing them, to read. Additionally, I have three honorable mentions, and I do think that all three of these books are wonderful in their own way. Maybe if you ask me three months from now, I may have shifted this list, and some of them may have made it to the top ten, or vice versa, but I really do like these three books. I just like the ten other ones slightly more. I think they're a little bit more entertaining or have... Like bigger concepts for changing your perspective. But the first book, some in the FI community may give a little bit of flack about that. This was only in my honorable mentions list, but it's a really good book. It's called Your Money or Your Life. And the reason why this may get a little bit of flack is because it's often credited with being one of the original FIRE books. It's like the OG of FIRE books. So, FIRE, if you Recall is Financial Independence Retire Early, and this book really truly is great. I just felt like it didn't quite capture my attention as much as the other books, but this book, once again, talks about how time is one of life's most precious, non-renewable resources out there. You don't get back more time in your life, so it's really important that you maximize the time that you have currently, As well as try to set yourself up for having more time in the future. The second book on the Honorable Mentions list is Financial Freedom. And this is a great guide to teach you how to reach financial freedom or otherwise known as financial independence. And the third book that I really like on the Honorable Mentions list is called The Richest Man in Babylon. And This book is a very short book and it's absolutely excellent, simple, straightforward read that is great for beginners. I really think that even preteens and teenagers could read the book and learn a ton from the information in there, particularly the lesson of how important it is to pay yourself first. And that concept goes back a little bit to automation. When you get your paycheck, have as much of it go out to your 401k, your HSA, as you can before the money actually even hits your checking account so that you are paying yourself first. And then additionally, once it hits your checking account, you can often automate it for it to go to your Roth IRA or a taxable brokerage if you have one as well. So if you don't take the time to set the money aside, meaning put it towards your future goals by investing, Then you have your money and it's so tempting to just pay everyone else for the things that you need or want in life, meaning your bills, your mortgage, those are your needs, and then your wants, entertainment or new clothes, etc. You're paying everyone else that money, but instead you need to pay yourself first before you're tempted to spend all your money by paying others. The Richest Man in Babylon also reads somewhat like a parable, so if you are familiar with Bible stories in the New Testament, it kind of has that sort of reading. I will say, going back to Pay Yourself First, that the book, if I recall, suggests paying yourself 10% of your income, which probably was enough back when the book was written, because this book was written actually several years ago. But nowadays, you probably want to save... More than 10%, especially if you're reaching for financial independence. So that's the one modification I would make on that book in particular. And now that we have talked about some excellent financial independence books, I also would like to remind you about a few books that PAs have written for current and future PAs as well. These were mentioned on the Holiday Gift Guide episode because I think that books can make a wonderful gift. But the first set of books is by Savannah Perry, who is the founder of the PA platform and host of the Pre-PA Club podcast. And it was really fun because in 2021, we were guests on each other's podcast, but she was on the PA That the podcast episode 34, if you'd like to take a listen to that episode. And she has authored two different books for pre-PAs. One is the Physician Assistant School Personal Statement Guide, and that helps you write your essays for applying to PA school in a concise, though articulate way to be able to get into PA school. The other book is called the Physician Assistant Interview Guide, which provides practical advice for preparing for the various types of interviews so that you can shine during your interviews to land you a seat in a PA program. And if you are interested in these books, if you are a pre-PA, make sure that you use code PAFI, that's P-A-F-I, and then you get 10% off of her books if you order them through her website. So I will make sure to include the code to use so you get your discount as well as the links too. And the next set of books are for PAs after you've gone through PA school. So the first one is by Jordan Fisher, and he authored PA Next Steps. And with this book, it talks you through all of the steps to do as a new grad right out of PA school, such as licensing and credentialing, contract negotiation, student loans, job hunting, as well as other topics. And Jordan was a guest on episode 16 of the podcast, if you'd like to take a listen to him talk about his book. Then Jordan also co-authored the PA Blueprint with Shane Foley. And in that book, it kind of expands a little bit, but it talks about CME, retirement accounts, burnout, as well as several other topics. And so in both these books, they do touch on financial independence as a topic as well. And Both Shane and Jordan joined me on episode 37, if you'd like to go back and take a listen to that episode. So that's my current list of book recommendations that I have for you if you are pursuing financial independence as a current or future PA. I hope that you found this list very interesting and informative and that it gave you some ideas of different books to check out. Again, whether that's through the library or if you would like to order a physical copy, make sure that you use the link to help support the show as well by ordering through Amazon. Remember that financial literacy is so important as it helps with reducing stress as financial concerns can be one of the number one stressors in life as well as can help you build wealth over time because keep in mind that no one cares more about your finances than you so it's important that you do take an interest in it. Reading these books can help with your financial education, so to speak. So I really hope that you enjoyed the episode today. If you did, feel free to share the link to the episode with a PA colleague or a PA classmate or a friend or family member as well so they can take a listen. Or you can subscribe to the show or leave a review with the things that you've liked about the show as well. Take care and I'll see you next week.